0: Just how weird of a year has it been for the Boston Bruins? Plus, what do the Wild need to do in order to come away with a win in Boston tonight? We ask SpokeZ that and more today on Locked On Wild.
1: You're Locked On Wild, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free. Locked on Wild is available everywhere. And it's available anytime you want to listen. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we're joined by Spoke Z, who gives us a little intel on the Boston Bruins, who the Wild will take on tonight with some fresh reinforcements. So we'll get his reaction to that. We'll talk about what the Bruins bring to the table and what has been a very weird year for them. We'll also talk a little bit about the uh, canceled World Junior Championships because... Wild goalie prospect Jesper Wallstead had a pretty good start to finish things off. So we'll talk a little bit of everything here on today's episode. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran captain of Locked on Wild, and happy to have you along for a Thursday episode of the show. We're joined by one of the regulars, the resident sicko for Locked on Wild. That is Spoke Z. To talk Boston Bruins, to talk wild prospects, and to talk a little bit of everything as well. Spokes, what is happening? How are things going? The biggest twenty-four hours of my life
1: uh, <laughs> coming, and um, I, uh, I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll. I think I can't. I, I don't know how I'm going to get anything done work-wise tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably just stick to what I usually do, and I won't do anything all day, but I'll feel bad about it.
0: No, yeah. No, they're... I'm not going to do that. I won't feel bad. <laughs> no, we never do. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty big game coming up between the Wild and the Bruins. Big for the Wild because we'll see a couple of new faces for this team that people have been clamoring for all season. And uh, it's the first game since the Winter Classic, so just another opportunity for the Wild to try to get back on track after COVID has uh, kind of slowed things down here over the uh, the last three weeks. So obviously, with all the news happening over the last couple of days, uh, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy joining the Wild in Boston to take on the Bruins spoke Which one are you more excited to see? Are you excited to just see both of them? What's your reaction to us finally getting a chance to see the two guys who are just lighting it up down in Iowa? Well, I mean, it's definitely both. Um, But just from like a, you know, you can't
1: even really say storyline perspective because, I mean, Boldy makes his debut in his hometown in Boston um, after those two injuries this year that, just like it just seemed like for whatever reason, the odds were just stacked against him. But I would have to say Marco Rossi just because it's essentially been a year to the day that he was diagnosed and uh, with myocarditis and missed an entire year of hockey. And the fact that, you know, he misses all that time um, gets sent to Iowa. And if he was upset about it, you couldn't tell because he's just been lighting it up since probably two games in. Um, the fact that he's going to come back and make his NHL debut a year after all that and after the year he's had, it's that's kind of been – it's hard to to um, not have him be like that storyline for me personally. But I am excited to see those two and Connor Dewar in person for the first time. Um, so that's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, you're going to get a chance to go, um, which I'm super jealous of. But, you know, it's it's – Cool too, because as Dean Evason mentioned, these uh, at least Rossi and Boldy are going to help out on the power play, and so it's not going to be a situation like it was with Adam Beckman, his first time up, where you're playing on the fourth line and you're you're filling a spot, but you're not necessarily being asked to do a whole lot. It, it seems as though the uh, the training wheels are going to be out the window, and these guys are going to be, you know they're going to be playing some prominent roles uh, for as long as they're up, which. Hopefully he's going to be the rest of the year, but time remains to be seen on that, but it'll be nice to see the full showcase of what they are able to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Beckman comes up, he slots in that fourth line, um, and isn't really given a ton of like grade A ice, grade A ice time, whatever. But, um, you know, you look at the lines and Marco Rossi's playing that second-line center alongside Kevin Fiala and Marcus Felino and Matt Boldy is going to have a chance on that power play. And, I mean, we know how Dean likes to roll four lines in the first place, but they're definitely not going to pigeonhole into a defensive role like Connor Dewar probably will be because that's – I mean, when he's come up, it's the same thing with him. That's just how it's been. Um, but even him with those injuries now with Bugstad out, um, Rask getting waved, And then really that fourth line You've got like Pitlick uh, And Sturm there So it's going to be interesting To see how they roll those four um, But they're definitely going to be They're going to be relied on heavily They're not just in the lineup just to throw them in They're in there to make a difference And I would expect that Everson's going to put them in a spot um, In the game where they can Because they are that good <laughs> Uh, and I think they'll. De- I think they're gonna play great. I think
0: they're gonna be really effective, and it's gonna be. I think people are gonna love it. Yeah, I I am fully with you there. Do you think, do you think we see them for just the the cup of coffee? I know you get. I think it's seven games before you uh, get your contract started when you first come up to the NHL level. Do you think they're here for the rest of the year? Do you think we see them until the injuries start to subside? And then they get uh, get sent back down.
1: I think they'll get it at least a couple of games. I think last year it was seven because it was the whatever prorated. I think it's nine. Um, so they have nine games. And then if they don't play in nine NHL games and that contract slides again, I know at least Rossi's does. Um, I think Boldy's does too. But we'll see. I, I've been talking about this before. Just with those injuries and kind of – The roster the way it is um i'm sure they're gonna have to figure out what they're really gonna do here because if rossi and boldy both come in and all of a sudden that power play takes off they're both producing points you know eight games in rossi has 10 points at eight games it's gonna be hard to send them down but at the same time like there is a reason that they were comfortable wait or uh, uh putting parise and Suter. um You know, buying those contracts out and taking on those cap hits because they do have those guys that in those years you can have them on entry level deals and the timing kind of just works out that way. So it's going to be interesting because if they can help you now and they're producing, like you can't just send them down strictly for contracts. But at the same time, like they might be in a spot where they really do have to, unless they're okay with biting the bullet and losing some of those other guys aside from the ones that we've been talking about all year like Fiala and Greenway who probably aren't going to be here next year, unfortunately. Um, so, but again, like if they come up for, they both light it up and it, they play themselves into a spot where you, they just can't be sent down. Then that's what you're going to have to do. Um, we all love those guys that are in the middle of the lineup, making not a ton of money, but at the same time, you know, it, you can't sacrifice whatever Boldy and Rossi bring if they light it up just because right. you want to keep those guys around still. So, they want to win the wild dude. This isn't like, I mean, you saw Bill Guerin in the beginning of the year. He said, this isn't about fun. This is about winning. This is why we play. So they're going to do whatever's going to give them the best chance to win. And if Boldy and Ross, are it, then they're going to have to figure out a new way to navigate that salary cap. But I, I at the same time, I, I really, do, I hope people aren't watching these two make their debuts and however long they're up. With that in the back, like, I hope that's not the thing that people come back on, like, oh, well, you know, we can't, like, just don't do that. Just enjoy yeah. it now. And even if Marco Rossi comes up and he doesn't light it up, um, this is still a win for him and the team that he's put himself in a position after this past year of literally not playing hockey and not being able to do any kind of exercise with a life threatening disease uh, that he's playing in the NHL. Like, that's legitimately incredible. So I hope people just take. All of this to be good and don't ruin it by saying well the contract like don't do that like <laughs> let bill garen worry about that just watch the games and enjoy it we're not gms we don't know anything we're all morons so let's just enjoy the hockey
0: yeah it, exactly and when those two combined for 30 goals and uh, 20 assists through the eight games. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. be uh that'll be a great problem to have. So some life injected into the wild roster and uh, we'll talk about what the Bruins bring to the table as we continue to preview tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Bruins with Spoked Z. More next here on Locked on Wild. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, and again thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Spoked Z and Spoked Boston is the opponent for the Wild, and uh, a chance for you, as mentioned, to go to the game in person. The Bruins, as you were telling me before we started recording, have had a bizarre season. They uh, they started off slowly, and uh, then COVID hits. They've been playing better as of late. But uh, what has been the the biggest what, what has been the biggest thing you associate with Boston Bruins hockey? as we get set to embark into 2022 well coming into the year
1: um well going into the offseason it was curious to see what direction they'd go um because we knew that creachie and rask were going to be gone and those were going to be two big holes and we we're going to see if they would go big and try to land a second line center that would play with taylor hall and craig smith and not necessarily be David Krejci because no one's going to be David Creechie, but just fill in a second line center that can produce points. Um, and that chart, it's funny because Charlie Coyle has been good. Um, but for whatever reason, the, the Hall coil combination just hasn't been, um I think what everyone had kind of hoped for or expected, maybe not expected because this is a very negative fan base. So everyone thought it would fail miserably. And, I mean, Coyle's, like, fifth on the team in points. He's playing great. He's producing. He's already surpassed his points last year because it was a brutal year for him. Um, but for whatever reason, those two, like, together, just hasn't worked as well. So they've tinkered around the lineup a little bit, but the other one's been Rask. So, you know, it's funny, too, because coming in, everyone was just annihilating the defense because the past couple of years, you've lost Chara, you've lost Krug, you've lost guys like that that have been mainstays forever. Um, and it, it seems like people are obsessed with harping on the defense because they signed Derek Forbert to that deal um, and he, listen, he hasn't been like any kind of Norris trophy candidate um, and the idea that he was going to play with McAvoy really wasn't realistic in the beginning, but they have arguably the best defense in the National Hockey League, despite the fact that the fans are still pointing at that, being like, the defense stinks. Well, they they lead the league in fewest expected goals against per 60. Uh, Their second in expected goal share, so what it's come down to is they can't score goals, and a lot of nights the goalies aren't stopping pucks that they need to stop, which is the two big holes that we came to the year with. So they addressed it by depth, they've signed guys like hola the Hall of Famer, love him, uh, Felino, no sec. So clearly, there was kind of like a strategy there that they were going to defend. Um, using the forwards a lot more and it's i mean it's worked again because they just allow nothing like you just don't generate scoring chances against the boston bruins they just don't let you they keep you outside but they don't score so then you need that goaltending to hold up and a lot of nights it's just been bad like they're getting bad goaltending um so that's been a real big achilles heel but the last couple games you know this is their uh, this might be their first three game win streak of the year um, but they're getting scoring outside of that first line. The past couple of games, the fourth and third line have scored all the goals. So we'll see now, cause David Posternock just scored last night. His first since November, which Jeez. is very weird. They took him off that first line. So he's been playing with Taylor Hall and actually Eric Hall, and it's been good. Um, but right now they're getting hot at the right time. So it's gonna be an interesting the matchup here is interesting because Minnesota's been trending down, but they're gonna have guys like Rossi, Boldy, Dewar, Brodeen will be back um you know you least Talbot and the Bruins have started to trend up a little bit but they've just been so inconsistent so it's, it has been a weird year where like it seems like you can't have three good days in a row like we haven't gone three good days without some like horrible news so like Thomas Nosek gets a two game point streak and today he's thrown a COVID protocol Oof. so it's just like oh and there's another thing and then someone gets hurt so they haven't really even had their full lineup once this year. So it's been weird. It's just been a brutal year where everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. And they're not getting the results that like, especially if you go by like underlying numbers, they should be winning a lot of games and they can't, but we'll see. They're starting to score. Um, and this is going to be a good test. Cause I think, you know, it feels like Minnesota's due for a big game. Um, and they have a lot of things kind of going right for them in terms of like positive energy with those new guys coming in, and injecting some fresh blood. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. But
0: that's kind of been the story of Boston's season. So
1: we'll see what happens, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's I'm I'm really fascinated for this game because you know Capo in that for the Wild, and um, people are people are hoping that Talbot will be back soon, but we don't know when he will be back. And obviously Jonas Brodeen hoping to be back as well for Thursday's game. I think he will be um there. But you know, in in looking at what has been kind of the the reason that the goalie numbers have not been as great for the wild over the last you know, over this five game losing streak, is that they're just they're missing two of the best players in hockey in uh, Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen, which does not help the goaltending at all. So you know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Capo handles this, and I'm also just fascinated to see how the team handles this game after the Winter Classic because um, I think a lot of people can point to rust as being uh, a big factor as to why they, they got off to such a, a bad start in that game and what happened in the second period. But, you know, until we get to where we're getting a normal flow of games, it's just so hard to tell with this wild team. Because they can't they can't get any traction because they they play once every like week and a half.
1: Yeah, and I th- like you know it it sucks too because this like the, what are they oh four and one the last five games and that was after an eight game win streak. So I think the the truth behind what the Minnesota Wild are, I think it's somewhere in the middle there. They're obviously not the team that loses five in five games, and it's probably not the team that's going to go eighty two and zero. So. I do think that it's them in Colorado and probably St. Louis is the three best teams in that central division. It's just like you said, like they just got decimated with like catastrophic injuries all at the same time. You know, your starting goaltender gets hurt at the winter classic, your two best defensemen, two of the best defensemen in the national hockey league and your number one center. Well, I mean, I guess it's technically Hartman, but your best natural center that last year was a selfie candidate he also goes down so you really like you're kind of just banding together a roster of like hockey players and that's what you have it's just like we don't really have that we can't roll all four lines like you were because it's just so out of whack and there's no set line combinations and you know you look at the winter classic and you have Dmitry Kulikov quarterbacking a power play so it's kind of like it they're they've been up against it a little bit, and they still are. Considering Spurgeon's a massive loss, and Erickson X not going to be back, um, but I do think that the wilders are somewhere in between what they are now and what they were, you know, like a month ago. Yeah. So um, they're still a really good team. I think that this is a team that's poised for a deep playoff run. Um, it's just when they're at their best, it's just you can see it. It's just a deep, like even when they go down in the winter classic, that third period, they were unbelievable. They pulled a goalie with 10 minutes left and they allow nothing. I mean, part of that (laughs) St. St. Louis just defending and not going for that empty net. But another big part of it is the fact they had to puck the entire time. Um, I mean, was it Fiala or Kaprizov got robbed by Bennington's like the knob. Yeah. (laughs) He made a knob save. And that would have made it a one goal game with two and a half minutes to go. Like, they, they almost did it again. Like They were that close to doing it again. So it is a team that there's a lot to like. Um, and again, they're not this team that's going to go out and lose another five in a row. So at some point, it's going to turn here. Um, Boston's a tough place to play, but at the same time, like you have a lot of things. Like I said, you have a lot of good energy coming into it in the first place, and it's a proud team that hates losing. And I'm pretty sure they're probably pretty sick of losing. Uh, so I
0: would expect that they're going to come out hard and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, should be a great game, but, uh, we will finish today's episode by talking a little world juniors because I have a theory that the entire tournament was canceled because Jesper Wallstead just had like the, nobody's going to do better than this performance. So, uh, we'll talk a little bit of that to wrap things up today with spoke Z after this here on locked on Wild. BetOnline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action you'll find for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get everything started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Spoked Z and to uh, tie in Judd's Buds a little bit to uh, wrap things up today. The World Juniors, obviously not uh, taking place. they were uh, The remainder of the tournament was canceled. And uh, we were going to have you in to talk about the World Juniors right as they started up, but uh, everything was canceled. Nonetheless, we did get to see a dandy of a uh, Jesper Wallstead performance. He had a, I believe it was a 48-save shutout uh, in what was one of the final games of the tournament. So, despite the fact that the World Juniors did not finish, boy, Jesper Wallstead put on a show. And uh, he cannot get here soon enough because uh, I think he's got it. And I think a lot of those that cover the Minnesota Wild uh, would agree that he is definitely the goalie of the future.
1: Oh, he's, he's legit. Like... And I've been saying this since the start of the season, like he really isn't that far away. Um, you know, part of that is the fact that he isn't playing in junior hockey, um, he's been playing professional hockey for two years now. So, you know, it's, you look at if he was in the CHL, like he got drafted actually by uh, Moose Jaw where Damon Hunt plays and um, you know, if he goes there, the oldest player he's playing against is 20 years old, who's never played a day of pro hockey in their life. But right now, he's playing ex NHL players. He's playing guys in their 30s, uh, career Swedish Hockey League players who absolutely rip pucks that they play very different. But it's one of the best pro leagues in the world. Uh, and he's top five in every category over there. Um, and he's kind of like. St- Stolen the starting job for Lulea, who isn't a very good team. They don't score a ton of goals and he doesn't get a ton of support. He gets shelled. He gets absolutely pelted with shots almost every game. Um, and he almost plays better when he's facing like 35, 40 shots. He's just locked Jeez. in. But he's just such a smart player. He moves really well in the crease. He knows when to kill Pox. when to like, you know, if, if when he's out there and it's like a minute and a half offensive zone shift for the opposition, he's not going to. He's not making the blocker save. He's going to try to catch it. And he's going to try to get you a, a face off to get you some rest. But <laughs> he is, he is for real. Like this kid is unlike. like, I don't know what I expected during the world juniors. Cause weirdly enough, he had Sweden just hasn't been very good lately at those international youth or not youth, but junior tournaments. They've just been bad. They've just played super like individual hockey. Um, and they bleed goals. And he's kind of suffered as a result, but even against uh Slovakia, they still almost give up 50 shots and like not 50 shots on the perimeter. He's just like eating like Fox Forbid tight. And he gets that shutout against some kids that are legit top ten draft pick for this year. Um but he's he's super smart, super super high hockey IQ. He reads the play really well. He's usually making saves that um for him it looks like an easy save but it's because he's already in position right like he's reading the play beforehand he knows where that pass is going and he's ready for it so he can kind of just swallow pucks like it looks like it hits him in the chest but it's because he's over there you know before the shot's even released um but the kids the kids unbelievable i would imagine they're going to try to sign him the second um you know, the SHL season ends and get him to Iowa. Uh, I don't know if he'll be there this year for like a playoff run or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. I do think they're going to want to get him there as soon as humanly possible. And we'll see how much AHL time he really needs before, you know, they call him up to the NHL because Talbot's got one more year. So hopefully if he does do well, then the timing kind of lines up where Cockatins had NHL experience as a backup and he can kind of shoulder a little bit more of a load along with wallstead in the future but um yeah he he for me wallstead's a top three prospect in the pool right behind <sighs> he I. there are times where i have him like my top three for the prospect pool in any order it doesn't really matter would be Rossi, boldy wallstead and there are times where i have wallstead like at two like a, the kid is legitimately like future nhl top five goalie in the league like he's that good right now and again he's he's playing pro hockey like he is that he's playing very good hockey players uh in a very good league so the he has that experience um and he's only getting better at it which is scary because he is that good already um but he's definitely someone that People should be very excited about because it's been a while since you've had a goaltender of that kind of caliber in the first place. Um, yeah. You know, we all love Talbot. We all loved for a while, we all loved Dubnik until he started carving his, his own <laughs> team. You know, for <laughs> once in a while, like, you know, you give up a goal. He's like staring at Spurge and I'm like, dude, that's not the guy that. Yeah. That, he's I'm not like, the yeah, one that gave up the goal. Like, don't give him the eyes. Like, what are you doing? Um, but, yeah, no, Wallstat's for real. He he's. I can't wait to see him over here. where I don't have to watch the SHL, specifically <laughs> his team. Like his team's painful. To watch. I can't like I, I have to like watch it in doses. That like the team is just painful to watch. But yeah, he's awesome. He's a future stud. Um, and again, I don't think he's very far away from being in St. Paul.
0: Love to hear that. Um, just to wrap up. Obviously, with Boldy and Rossi up right now, we just talked about Jesper Wallstead. So, let's throw those guys out. Is there another prospect, is there a name of a prospect that Wild fans should put in their minds to kind of keep an eye on uh, here for the next couple of weeks? Give me give me the one name that kind of flies under the radar of those three guys.
1: Outside of those three guys? Yeah. Um. Well, I... So I guess it kind of depends. Are you talking like short term or just like futures? Because I mean, like in the short term, maybe next couple of years or are you talking this
0: season? Let's let's just do short term next couple seasons.
1: Next couple of seasons, the two guys I'd be on the lookout for would be, an you know, O'Rourke Rourke and Hunt um, they both play in the AHL last season. I think Hunt had like maybe a little less than 10 games. O'Rourke played the full AHL season last year, which was like 30-something games. Uh, O'Rourke was good. Like, he was a legitimate, very good AHL defenseman last year uh, in a super weird season. Um, and I think when I watch him with the Sioux and the OHL right now, he's just like he, – he plays like a pro, right? Like, he's not flashy or anything. Um, it's kind of like when he steps on the ice – it's just everybody knows, like, all right, settle down. Uh, like, <laughs> O'Rourke's out here. He's going to kill somebody probably. Uh, but he just plays the right way. Like, he defends really well. He plays super hard. Um, you know, he's a captain of the suit, He plays the right way. And it's not flashy. But, again, a lot of times it's like there'll be a forward trying to take him wide. And doesn't work. He hits him, takes the puck away, takes it behind his net. He's got two four checkers coming after him. All of a sudden, he fires a puck up the ice clean breakout no problem get off the ice um but he kind of just does everything really well he's not someone that's going to come to the nhl and put up spurgeon like offensive production but he's going to be a very effective defensive defenseman um i mean he went in that second round the same year that they got rossi and who's nadinov um and i mean even in that draft you go through and you read some of you read through some of those uh draft reports and he was in you know the He was one of the best defensive rated defensemen in that draft in the first place. So he's a guy I definitely keep my eye on. I think he'll be in Iowa next season and he'll be challenging to make his way up. And Damon hunt. is just a lot of fun. Um, As far as guys that are close to being ready that aren't like in the AHL yet or whatever, I'd say O'Rourke and hunt are my two that are like right there. Uh, Hunt's a lot of fun. He is an interesting human being Uh, Um Everything he does is just electric on the ice. He every, he does everything pretty well. Sometimes it's just like he's a little bit too wild. So yeah, he's just getting a little too rambunctious down there and playing junior hockey. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to get the puck and either just walk everybody or I'm going to go up the ice. All of a sudden, he turns himself into a forward. So he's like behind the other team's net. Somehow ends up with the puck on his stick again. Score goals. He has an absolute bomb of a slap shot. He skates really well. I'd say everything he does is like explosive. Even when he's like changing directions when he's skating, like when he goes to skate backwards, he like jumps in the air. It's fascinating. Oh my God. Like, he's, just like <laughs> fly. he's like flying up and down the ice, but uh, he definitely needs to like control the game a little bit. So the AHL will be good in that regard. Cause a lot of stuff he does now that works that gets him points probably won't work. Um, in pro hockey but he's a ton of fun He' not afraid to fight l- very physical uh good skater moves the puck well he's got offense so he kind of does a little bit of everything um again it's just like learning like when to control when to like reel it in every once in a while it's going to be key for him but those are two guys that over the next couple years that people should definitely have their eyes out for but they they're they are very fun um to wa- well, David Hunt's very fun to watch. Orourke's like funny to watch because it's like again, it's not flashy, but he's either he's gonna like kill someone, uh, but then he just like just plays a really smart game. Like he's just he just does everything really well. Um, and then I I'll throw one long term. That's my that's quickly become my favorite prospect to watch. It's a long term project, so you're looking at maybe four four years, maybe five. Okay, but Kyle Masters. Ooh. I like this kid is unbelievable. He just, I was talking about it that last episode of the podcast. He just had his best week of hockey I've ever watched him watch, watched him play, not watch. He wasn't watching <laughs> himself. Uh, he had an assist yet, so he hasn't put up a ton of points. He won't. He's not a guy that's going to put up a ton of points. Um, but he's got a three game point streak right now with three assists. But one of the assists, he was trying the Michigan, he was going for the Michigan goal, and he just missed it, like hit the goalie's shoulder. And then they tapped the rebound in, so we got the assist. But it was just like, first of all, what is this kid doing behind the net? He's never up there. Uh, but then he goes to the Michigan and pulls it off. It just it was if he if he scored, I would have lost my mind. I you never would have seen me again. Um <laughs> But he's 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 so good, man. Like he's a very fun player to watch. Again, the, the offensive production isn't necessarily there, but there are a lot of people that had him rated probably second round and he in the wild get him late in the fourth so just another a plus pick from judd bracket i do think this kid's got he has potential to make it and be a very effective player in the nhl um and he's quickly become my like favorite project that they have in their system so I would definitely, I mean, I pump the kid's tires like every other day. So if people want to see anything from him, I have four different games that I was just like, I have to clip every single one of his shifts. So I have four (laughs) games saved on my computer of every single one of his shifts. Jeepers. Uh, But he's, he's for real. He's such a good player. Um, And that's long-term someone that people should have there that
0: on their radar, at least. Sweet. Well, uh, that is the host of Judd's Buds as part of the SodaPod. You can listen every week. For the latest episode in which Spoke does a full roundup of Minnesota Wild prospects at every level, so make sure to check that out. You can follow uh, him on Twitter as well at SpokeZ for, as mentioned, highlights and just general sickness. So uh, make sure to give Spoke to follow on Twitter, and that is going to wrap up today's episode. So now that your first listen is done, make sure to head over to Locked On Bets your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets is free and available on all podcast platforms, just like Locked on Wild. We are available everywhere you listen, anytime you want to listen. So make sure to check us out as well as our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild all throughout the week. If a puck drops in the state of hockey, Locked On Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as parts of the Locked On Podcast Network.